analyst for a second. Does it feel like a red wave? It feels like a red wave, Brian. You know, your predictions of a red wave are accurate. Somebody made a surfboard said the red wave is coming. Red wave rising. That red wave that I'm convinced is coming. The reports I'm seeing show a big red wave coming. There's a lot of energy on the ground. You probably hear the rally in the background right now. We think we're going to have a big red wave in Michigan. Wow. Democrats are bracing for the worst case scenario, a red tsunami. We are officially on a red tsunami watch. Sean, we're going to see a red tsunami. Red tsunami grows. That means red tsunami. And we're not just going to see a red wave. We're going to see a red tsunami. Poverty, joblessness, critical race theory, crazy gender ideology in our schools. We are going to see a red tsunami. Lastly, your prediction for tonight. I think we're going to have a red wave. I think it's going to be maybe bigger than anyone thought. On Tuesday, we will be part of a big red wave that says enough is enough. Political pop piggers, it's Chappie or British Butler, another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And it really wasn't a red wave. What it reminded me of, though, uh, with the Republicans and everybody was predicting they were going to gain 50, 60, 100 seats over the Democrats. What it reminded me was I had a bottle of Tabasco, and I like a rather large bottle of Tabasco, and I had a lovely, fluffy. Uh, asparagus omelette this morning very cheesy as well and what the red wave reminded me was was the dripping the spotting that was coming out of my tabasco bottle onto uh onto the delicious fluffy omelette it was it was spotting it was little dripping coming out there adding a little bit of piquancy a little bit of spice on the edge of my tongue but only on the tip of the tongue it didn't cover the whole tongue, and that was the red wave. It was not a red tsunami at all. A dripping, disappointingly dripping, <laughs> Tabasco bottle. That's what it was for the uh, Republicans. And now they're all humming Blue Moon, aren't they? Blue Moon. Um, the gun-toting Lauren Bobart is still within the chance. I think she's leading my back, like 50 votes here in Colorado. This is the, guy, this is the lady that goes around carrying a, uh, a pistol, uh, some sort of uh, weapon on a shoulder holster while she's walking around uh, Congress in Washington, D.C. Is- Why can't we all walk around with spud guns? You know those sort of guns that you have? I was a big fan of them. And you uh, took the gun and you, uh, and you s- sunk it into a, uh, a nice King Edward potato and um, it, would, uh, it would have a little almost like a little pellet of potato in the end of the gun there and it was uh, it was powered by hot air 
well, not maybe not hot air like myself here, but uh, it's powered by air, and it shot out a pellet of potato. Now, in a zombie apocalypse, you know, zombies have that sort of soft flesh. I think you could immobilize a zombie with a spud gun and a potato pellet. So why not, you know, it, with the zombie apocalypse on the horizon, why not walk around with spud guns in holsters, you know, forget about the, uh, forget out the machine guns, the AR-16, all of these, and let's carry around spud guns, because a spud gun could immobilize a ravishing zombie. One thing it's done, though, is taken the spotlight off the UK for a few weeks, because, I mean, haven't we been in the spotlight in the UK probably since June, you know, with Boris Johnson, uh, he was forced out, obviously. Uh, then Liz Truss came in. The Queen died. She lasted uh, Liz Truss for about 44 days. And then we have Rishi Sunak. Now, you know, Rishi seems like the adults are in charge, although he likes to wear short trousers. Now, I never thought that I would have a shorter trouser than the Prime Minister. And, and this is the first time I'm feeling very old. The Prime Minister is younger than me. Now... I recommend a longer, brighter sock for you, Rishi. A longer, brighter sock. Anyway, uh, seemingly, the adults are sort of in charge again. And American politics is uh, in the world headlines again, rather than British politics. It may be for the next few weeks. Who knows? I'm feeling a little bit mellow today. And it's probably because I've turned the heat on. It's 20 degrees here, Fahrenheit. And when I turn the heat on... Uh, <laughs> sweet... Sweet Jesus, marijuana starts filtering and coming through the air vents. Now, this isn't some sort of, uh, I'm not living in some sort of hippie commune or something. I'm not trying to get into my Woodstock spirit or anything along those lines. My next door neighbor smokes his marijuana. And this is my old chappy towers in the closet. I used to go into the closet when I wanted to get high because the neighbors smoked. Uh, we basically smoked marijuana and smoked all of my clothes. Here, I have to go into the laundry room and um, I can sit in there. You know, I can have a nice little bit of a jiggle around, a little bit of vibration if I sit on the uh, sit on the washing machine and I can get high at the same time. And, it, and, and, the, and the thick marijuana weed smoke is coming through the air vents. And I'm sitting in here today with the heat on with the essence of uh, Colorado weed uh, coming out of the air vents here. And this is why it's going to be a very, very mellow program. We're not going to get angry. We're not going to get angry. We're not going to be talking about uh, red tsunamis or uh, anything to do with uh, red or blue today. We're, we're just uh, we're leaving that at the top of the show, and we're going to get on with a lovely, calm, Armistice Day uh, podcast for you, the dear listener. Some of the things that we may or may not be talking about on this highly esteemed but incredibly mediocre podcast is uh, I had a dream in the week that my uh, uncle was Elton John. Now, my dear uncle looks maybe a little bit like Elton, just slightly maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be, be talking about that as well. The good English trifle. Uh, a Christmas staple. If you don't like Christmas pudding, then you have to have a trifle. Somebody was advertising Christmas pudding crisps, chips, Christmas pudding chips. I was sort of thinking about if I won the, you know, the 2.1 billion, what would 
people think in America about a British man winning 2.1 billion? Now, I'm thinking that, you know, to go and pick up the check, I may, might take the Imperial State carriage. I might wear a tiara. I could wear the Imperial State crown. I would definitely be emboshed uh, in some sort of golden cassock or some sort of attire like that. Maybe golden scrubs or something along those lines. I think people would be a little, little bit unhappy. And let's uh, put it this way, they wouldn't be firing spud guns at me. I, uh, I could probably end up... Uh, with my head on a gibbet somewhere, uh, a la um, Charles I. Uh, we'll be looking at posh girls' names. Uh, I, I think that uh, oat milk, I, I got a little bit of a, you know, I sort of, maybe I'll try this maple oat milk. It's a little bit chewy. We'll be talking about that as well. Um, also, uh, <laughs> interesting things that happen within Zoom meetings. I know this is done on the pandemic, but one of the best ever I uh, saw the other day, I was in the gym here at New Chappie Towers and I saw something very unusual in the uh, urinal, urinal. Um, also, how long can you keep your clam chowder? Um, I'm going to be marketing myself as a replacement for Meghan and Harriet Sandringham this year. I think I'm the perfect, uh, perfect person to step into their shoes with them uh, being banned from Sandringham and the Royal Family Christmas this year as well. Also, how to find your American politician's name. And uh, my friend who was in England uh, the other day, um, for a couple of weeks really, he was uh, he found that um, when British people run, they're a lot more bouncy and light on their feet, possibly light on their loafers. Who knows? And there's a new mince pie mac and cheese. So you can have uh, crumbly mince meat with mac and cheese. If that's not going to turn your stomach first thing in the morning, probably nothing will. Forgive me for being slightly out of breath here. So I found, so if you have a problem with constipation, I know we're, we're high order on the uh, intellectual scope here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. We're right into talking about uh, constipation issues. But if you have constipation issues, which, which has never really been a problem for myself, uh, is I find as I start broadcasting uh, and recording this podcast, uh, as soon as I start talking, the verbal diarrhea takes over and literally every time gives me um, not metaphorical diarrhea, but literal diarrhea. So I start talking at the top of the podcast and then all of a sudden it's like some incompetent beaver that can't block up the dam and the waters come rushing through so the beaver you know the beaver's trying to go about its work picking up all the sticks and the forest and everything else along the lines trying to build this dam and it can't quite manage it and the flood waters come gushing through and that's what happens if you're an audio podcaster and you're spouting on about a load of nonsense then you're probably going to find you better be in close proximity to a toilet so if you're in some sort of airlock soundproof studio that's locked I don't think I could ever do that because I have to sort of rush out and, uh, you know, go and do my morning absolutions, basically. So anyway, uh, just a little hint there for those who are a little bit stuffed up this morning. Have you ever thought about how to get your posh girl name? So I was thinking the week, how, how am I about, how am I going to define my posh girl name? Now you can get your posh girl name by combining a color with a defunct 
radio rentals. And I think somebody saw this on Twitter. Somebody was talking on IVV News, and her name uh, it was a just a st- it was a just stomp oil campaigner, and her name was Indigo Rumbelow. Indigo Rumbelow. Uh, but you could have, and and, and the writer of this said uh, his name is Teal Radio Rentals. Mine is Magenta Woolworths. Magenta Woolworths is my posh girl name. Here is some of the other from the uh, readers and people responding here on Twitter. Burgundy Benest of Millbrook. Ivory Brentford Nylons. Uh, and also uh, you can have Mahogany Summerfield as well. Or how about uh, one of my ex-girlfriend, Scarlet Dingles. Um, Jamalta Germaloid. Uh, is another one as well. Uh, Ammonite Ethel Austin. Austin. It's not Austin. It's Austin. Uh, Azur Ratna. Rose Grandways. Scarlet Intersport. Vermilion De Benhams as well. Or how about Sarah? Sarah Timothy Whites. When we go back to the UK, uh, British people talking to me, sort of questioning why I live in America, say, well, do you have sort of national health care? No, our health care is incredibly bloody expensive. Uh, do you have many holidays a year? How many, you know, do you get like six weeks a year vacation? Uh, no, like two weeks, probably at the max. Uh, and here's something else that I'll have to bring up. This was an exit poll. This is on Fox News. It's a 2022 exit poll in the midterm elections. And um, this is people voting. Um, so... This was single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. Um, so here we go. Unmarried women, 31% were Democrats, 68, sorry, 31% Republican, 68 Democrats. Um, married women, 56% Republicans, 42% Democrats. And married men, 59% Republican, 39% Democrats. So this, is, this gentleman was on Fox News. Uh, single women and voters under 40 have been captured by Democrats. So we need to get these ladies married off. It's just time to fall in love and settle down. Guys, go and put a ring on it. And this was on the news. So a little warning for you out there. As tasty as it may look, you should refrain from licking the Sonoran Desert Toad, the National Park Service has warned. On Tuesday, the NPS used Facebook to warn a passerby to use caution around the Sonoran Desert Toad, also known as the Colorado River Toad. The amphibian is one of the largest toads found in North America um, and measuring up to seven inches. I don't know how they discovered it was seven inches. I mean, is it like when you're taking a picture on Instagram and you want to put something next to it to show the depth, the breadth, the length? Anyway, maybe I should stop talking here. The uh, low-pitched toot is the sound of the toad. (laughs) Well, you don't want a low-pitched toot, do you? Uh, But the toads found across the American Southwest also boast another unique feature. They have prominent uh, parotid glands that secrete a potent toxin. The parotid glands are located just behind the toad's eyes. These toxins can make humans sick if they touch the toad or put one in its mouth. So the service recommends people who encounter the toad please refrain from licking it. The toad's toxins are particularly dangerous to other animals. The toxins emitted by one Sonoran Desert toad may be enough to kill a fully grown dog, according to the Arizona Sonora Desert Museum. But among humans, the toxins also exploited towards other ends. When smoked, the toxins are almost a powerful psychedelic, according to the 
So you're smoking toad's eyes? You sick people in Arizona. I thought Carrie Lake, the governor, well, possibly the governor of Arizona, I thought that she was enough. But now they're smoking toad's eyes as well? Smoking the Sonoran Desert Toad secretions cause euphoria and strong auditory hallucinations, says the uh, Oakland Zoo. Possessing the toad's poison known as bufotenin is illegal in California, according to the zoo also. But apparently people go around licking toads trying to get high. I mean, I don't think you'd probably get any sort of uh, any sort of high from licking an English toad. I mean, just imagine poor you know, it's a toad from Wind of the Willows, toad of Toad Hall, if you go around trying to lick him. I mean, you've got an awful lot of tweed to get through first before you could probably lick toad of Toad Hall. But I don't think you're going to get high off toad, are you, really? You might uh, taste uh, sort of rhubarb crumble or something like that, because I imagine toad of Toad Hall probably likes a, a, good, uh, a good helping of uh, rhubarb crumble. And... Uh, Maybe a, a souchon of custard. Tesco in the UK has uh, released a new item. Christmas pudding crisps. So um, on Twitter, there was a correspondent uh, stated, one of the worst things I've eaten in 2022, yet undeniably the taste of Christmas pudding in a crunchy potato form. Really quite sweet and raisiny. These are some of the... Um, this is some of the ingredients in the Christmas pudding crisp. Potato, rapeseed oil, sugar, spices, and all things nices. It's like the girl with the, middle, with the curl in the middle of her forehead. When she was good, she was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was hard. Dextrose, caramelized sugar, powder, acidity, regulators, molic acid, citric acid, color, paprika acid, turmeric acid extract in a Christmas pudding uh, item and the crisp that a few people have t- tasted a 40 f- year old daughter had come home from school and declared the crisps are really good seasonal with crimbo vibes I remember the villa, villa, vanilla monster munch briefly in 2003 this was against the natural order of things and I thought Christmas pudding was bad enough well maybe if you open the crisp maybe they could market it that one bag of the crisps could get a silver penny in there so you could be eating the crisps and find yourself a silver penny but i mean i guess that could be a choking hazard another response that they'll go nicely with my nan's recipe cheese and onion pudding and custard please make it stop i didn't think i'd be for the christmas pudding uh, crisps but um maybe a, a like a pickle chutney uh, Christmas seasonal flavor of Monster Munch. I don't know if I'd do the vanilla Monster Munch, but the uh, a uh, you know a chutney flavored Monster Munch uh, might go a long way to getting me feeling rather Christmassy. So I had a marvelous dream the other day after seeing Elton John here at the Ball Arena in Denver uh, last week, which was absolutely phenomenal. I've been like listening back to some of the. Uh, Tell you, the iPhone 14 does rather good recordings. I mean, I was a million miles away, uh, difficult to get a decent picture, but it really does record the sound absolutely fantastically. Elton hammering out Benny and the Jets. But I had a dream that my uncle was Elton John. Now, I'm not going any further here. Well, we'll, we'll do in terms of the story, but you know, I'm not saying if he looks like Elton John at all. Um, but anyway, so 
thought my uncle was Elton John, and he was giving me a ride somewhere. I don't know if he also, if Elton was an Uber driver or something along those lines. I can't remember exactly. But he was driving like an Austin Powers, uh, so it had the Union Jack on top of the Mini, a la Austin Powers. And he was giving me a lift. And, um, you know, Elton and I, you know, me a big, tall, strapping chap with a uh, rather protruding belly. You know, and Elton, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, not maybe past his prime in terms of fitness, let's put it that way. He was driving the car with like a sparkly glittered morning suit on. And uh, I don't know if we had the top down or not. I, I, I think the Union Jack was still on top of the roof, so the top was up. And he was giving me a ride. And then um, it didn't take me all the way home. He dropped me off and I had to walk home in the pouring rain. So anyway, that's probably a lesson to you. Don't upset upset Elton if he's giving you a ride in his mini. But he might just drop you off and then you're going to have the hitchhike the rest of the way. This made me think of um, the red wave or red spotting. Is a little joke from the week. Going out with a fairly religious girl, after a few months she broke up with me, saying, I kept saying, he has risen every time. I had an erection. Well, at least he didn't say he ascended into heaven was in the right hand of the Father. And a man in Philadelphia has eaten a whole rotisserie chicken for 40 straight days. Instead of feeling a little bit perky, feeling a little bit pecky. Definitely not peckish. Frozen croissants have long been considered the scourge of French cuisine sold by supermarkets to undercut neighborhood bakeries fighting to uphold the national culinary heritage. Now purists are swallowing their pride after an award-winning baker started churning them out for customers to cook at his home. And far from being denounced as a heretic, Vincent de Bourté from Lyon has won plaudits for his initiative. Brawty began the scheme during the pandemic. People were only uh, people were only coming to the bakery once a week. Uh, some asked if I had dough uh, for them to cook themselves. It went down well, uh, so I started selling it. The cost of the living crisis has given the project a further boost. With butter up at least 30% in the past year and flour up 20%, bakers warn that the average croissant is soon likely to cost one Euro 50, £1.30, up from about €1.10. They have told customers to expect to pay €1.30 for a baguette, up from £0.94. Cents. Broughty's frozen croissants just cost £0.78. Cents. He sells about a 1,000 packs of 10 croissants, or pan au chocolat, a week and has expanded into pizza dough. Now there we go, a pizza pan au chocolat. So you... Uh, well, I don't know about the cheese and tomato sauce on top, but underneath there has to be uh, some sort of um, delicate chocolate filling. Customers like having the smell of warm croissants at home in the morning with a quality similar to the pastry cooked here. A study two years ago found that 80% of croissants sold in France were, were made in factories frozen. Most sell in supermarkets, but some end up reheated in bakeries. Brought is no truck with such practices. A supplier told me that some... Bakers are mixing their butter with margarine to make savings. Me, I do not do that. When Martin Lewis said, heat the human, not the home, we're not entirely sure this was meant to be the hottest new sex toy trend. This isn't exactly our first rodeo, 
With heat play, sex toys, glass metal sex toys are designed to be dipped in water, maybe chocolate, or different temperatures than used for warming and cooling sensations. However, the latest toys on the market go one step further. We're reclaiming winter as a heated sex toy season. After all, they're certainly more fun than an electric blanket. We don't know what you could do with an electric blanket. Or a hot water bottle. We don't want that to burst, do you? Um, or, or sticking the heat on. The Satisfy Hot Lover and Satisfy Heat Wave both heat up to promising 39 degrees, a greater sense of pleasure and an increased ability to have satisfaction. Each toy's motor and heating function can be controlled independently of one another. So even if you don't fancy cranking up the heat, you can still use the sex toy element of it. Impressively, you can also use the free Satisfy Connect app on uh, Android and Apple iOS App Store. Satisfier sent me both of these heated sex toys, says the writer, and I'm not going to lie, I was skeptical, expecting an underwhelming experience, yet my lukewarm expectations were far from the truth. There's also a whisper mode via the app, so the neighbours don't think you're using a pneumatic drill. It makes me wonder, though, but they always say, I, I think my grandparents always say, you need to keep your head warm with like a hat or a beanie or you know flat cap or something woolen um but i just wonder if you could walk around with one of these sex toys you know not talking about you know hand warmer in your pocket but elsewhere could you walk around i mean could you stop heating up your house but get the heat from within so to speak i mean would that uh, would that save on the bills I mean, surely charging one of these uh, toys is a lot less than turning on the heat or the gas or anything else. You know, and you have it in whisper mode. You could be uh, sitting around the tree opening your presents with the toy in whisper mode and uh, having that nice, warm, tingly sensation, I suppose. I mean, after turning off the heat and you're having that uh, warming sensation, um, be careful if you're drinking oat milk because I was thinking, well... I'm going to try something other than dairy because I'm, I have so much cheese in my diet and so much milk and cream. Maybe I need to uh, start substituting with the oat milk. And it was a rather pleasant sort of maple flavor to it. Um, but I, I, I suddenly started drinking and then having to chew. And there was, um, I don't know, the sort of slightly chewy, oaty consistency. It wasn't, let me say, a smooth drink. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to have a, a chewy sort of milk substitute, or may, maybe chewy is the wrong word. Maybe grainy is the uh, is the correct word when it comes to uh, to oat milk. Now coconut milk is meant to be worse for you than uh, uh, melting up a pound of butter and putting that into your coffee or tea. Although the bullet coffee, that's how they drink the bullet coffee, isn't it? But that's the only thing you're ever allowed to drink or eat for the rest of your life which is basically coffee made with butter. But, uh, yeah, I don't think you want bits of grainy oats stuck between your teeth after drinking your coffee, really, do you? I'm going to give you some things now that harken back to bygone age. Now, if you're a Gen Xer, born in the 60s or 70s, maybe you remember some of these things. Number one, fish and chips wrapped in a newspaper. Number two, glass bottles with a refundable deposit. Number three, 78 RPM records. I remember my grandfather many times 
with his 78s. Number four, party telephone lines. Number five, milk delivered in glass bottles by a milkman who came about two or three in the morning and always rattled his bottles as he was delivering them. Six, television in black and white only. I don't think I can remember the black and white. Beat Bobby's both day and night. The coal man delivering. I remember the coal man delivering. Shilling in the slot, utility meters, and we're not talking about heated sex toys when we're talking about shillings in the slot. Uh, Your GP making house calls, television rental services. Number 12 is scouts and guides, bobber job week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, talking if you're bobbing and jobbing, it may mean something else these days. Two films shown per sitting, conductors on the buses, and usherettes at the cinemas. I cannot remember, though, somebody appearing from the floor appearing from the uh, from the uh, abyss, from the crypt, playing the piano dressed in a tuxedo during the intervals at movie theaters. I cannot remember that. I do remember an episode of, I think, Endeavor, where somebody was uh, coming up and he was, there was a martini side and he was flopped dead. Um, but hopefully that didn't happen every time he went to the movie theater. Cars are apparently getting redesigned to protect those who weigh up to 19.5 stone due to the soaring numbers of obese people in Britain. At present, the heaviest crash test dummies used in safety tests to calibrate airbags and seatbelts weigh 15.5 stone, but road safety experts are concerned they're not powerful enough for heavier people. More than a quarter of adults in England, 28%, are obese with a body mass index of uh, 30 BMI according to the Health Survey for England. A proportion of that double in the generation, the new dummy is an obese man with a BMI of 35 BPI. The uh, vehicle safety ratings known as Euro uh, New Car Assessment Programs will announce on Wednesday that under its Vision 2030 plan, safety devices will also uh, future cover a wider range of body types by weight, age, and gender and stature. Restraints optimized for the average size driver do not necessarily work equally well for shorter or taller drivers, or matter of those a little bit more rotund or obese or more vulnerable older drivers. And body modeling is the next frontier because it gives you more scope for morphing different size occupants. You could be tall and skinny or short and fat. It allows you so many more options than those limited crash test dummies that we have at the moment. I mean, you think when it comes to forecasting or role-playing or recreating uh, this type of crash and you've got a bigger, fatter type of uh, crash test dummy, don't you think also in the crash test dummy's dummy's hands you need to put like a uh, rather sizable Mackie D meal, Uh, you know, a couple of quarter pounders, uh, probably a milkshake and uh, maybe... some french fries and uh, maybe a couple of hash browns as well and an apple slice. Most people when they're on a Zoom meeting have uh, troubles with the mute button. You're trying to take yourself off mute and you can never do it. Uh, Very rarely do people have trouble actually muting themselves but yesterday I was on a Zoom uh, meeting. It was the, uh, the annual, which happens in November, Butler sort of Emporium meeting, National Butler Uh, where we're talking about this year uh, we can't get our white gloves as white as they used to now we're trying bleaching methods Uh, we're trying you know some sort of uh, borax in there as well we just cannot get the pristine white that the butlers used to have in the 1920s and it's a real problem now uh, with these uh, more environmentally friendly detergents and the rest of it anyway anyway, on the zoom call 
and all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about pressing one, one's trousers and uh, how one needs to wear the morning coat more more often when, you know, you're serving your master or mistress. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, somebody couldn't mute gangster rap. There was gangster rap on uh, for about two minutes and, and nobody could mute it. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes it was, it hypnotized me. I just love your flashy ways. It wasn't that. It wasn't Notorious B.I.G., but there was something going on uh, in the background, some uh, pretty heavy gangster rap that can be turned off. So I don't know uh, what your Zoom mishaps are. I know there's people like walking naked behind some people on Zoom calls and all that sort of thing. But this, yeah, we couldn't turn off uh, some pretty hardcore gangster rap during our November annual Butler Emporium meeting. I mean, who's more famous? Is it Lord Lucan or Shergar? The mysterious missing racehorse, but the mysterious fate of Lord Lucan, who vanished after being accused of murdering his family's nanny in his London home, took another twist last night with a bombshell claim that a facial recognition match for the peer has been made in Australia. The 37-year-old Buddhist who lives in Nepal before moving down under is a definite match for Lord Lucan, according to Professor Hassan Ugali a leading expert in the field who correctly identified the Russian agents behind the Salisbury Novacek poisonings. The computer scientist claims to have used an AI algorithm to run 4,000 cross-checks of seven photos, four of Lord Lucan, who vanished in 1974, and three of the frail Australian pensioner. This isn't an opinion, it's science and mathematical fact. It is alleged that the mystery pensioner moved from house to house across Australia before settling just outside of Brisbane. Then confronted about his identity, the 87-year-old carers reportedly denied he was Lord Lucan. Lord Lucan was accused of murdering Sandra Rivett with a lead pipe in the basement kitchen of his Belgravia home. It's suspected to have evaded authorities for years before his apparent death and theories that he may be living in Australia have been touted. The peer's wife, Veronica, who was also beaten in the brutal attack at the hands of her husband, also claimed died after 80 after taking a cocktail of drink and drugs in 2017. Neil Berriman, Mr. Rivett's surviving son, sensationally claimed in 2020 that Lord Lucan was alive and well and living as a Buddhist in Australia. Claims that were dismissed as outlandish despite police launching a probe into the matter. Now Mr. Berryman, who helped track down the mystery pensioners, told the Mirror, I spent nine years trying to prove this man is Lord Lucan. Now with this new scientific information, the police must act. This isn't emotion, it's fact. I'm... I mean, I'm a little bit concerned that uh, somebody might get a, uh, a little small vial of the hair from my back and realize I'm actually the abominable snowman or Sasquatch. So here are 20 things that your mum said to you whilst you were growing up from the English Bible. Number one, because I said so. Number two, wait and see. Number three, ask your dad. Number four, no pudding unless you finish your dinner. Number five, if somebody asked you to jump over a cliff, would you? Number six, I've told you a thousand times. Number seven, say, pardon what? Number eight, what did your last slave die of? Number nine, you'll take somebody's eye out with that. It will all end in proverbial tears. I want never gets. Number 11, close the door. 
you weren't born in a barn. Number 12. Number 13, don't sit that close to the TV, you'll get square eyes. Number 14, there's no such word as can't. Number 15, who is she? The cat's mother. Number 16, carrots make you see in the dark. Number 17, if you eat your crust, you get curly hair. Well, I've got super curly hair, so I must even a lot of crust. Number 18, don't make that face. If the wind changes, you'll stay like that. Number 19, do as I say, not as I do. Number 20, Back in my day, Wimbledon is set to relax a ban on women playing uh, wearing coloured underwear after coming under pressure to fall in line with other sports. The All England Club is likely to announce for next summer's championship as a unique all-white rule will be modified to take into account issues uh, with female competitors wearing the white clothing. But I mean, you can't have clash with the white skirts, can you? Or maybe they should allow the male players to wear ladies' white underwear. I mean, that, that, could, that could fit in quite nicely, couldn't it? According to the well-placed sources at SW19, the players will still be compelled to wear white clothes on top. Uh, but then it comes to knickers, any colours will go. I mean, fluorescent green, would that be allowed? One of the biggest problems previously in the sport that we always wear white shorts, white kit, and there's lots of things in other sports. But I think we're more open to talking about if you're wearing white and you don't want some sort of leak occurring. When matches are televised and streamed, it needs to be considered uh, when your skirt is flying up uh, whilst playing. I mean, my biggest concern, though, you know, when I wear a white skirt when I'm playing tennis, always with white underwear, of course, is if I was like diving for a volley or something and my skirt flew up, revealing a rather large skid mark. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast today. It's been lovely to have a wonderful company as always. You know, I mean, you make me very, feel very, very warm inside and, uh, and you give me that sort of confidence boost for a rather fragile ego. Thank you for joining me. If you like the podcast, like and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen on High Art Radio, Pandora, Slacker Breaker. You can also listen on Audible, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Everywhere, basically. Everywhere. In fact, as I did die for that volley and revealed my skid mark, as my knees uh, you know, brushed across the grass at Wimbledon, you could hear Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese emanating from my knee, rubbing against that pristine greenery of Centre Court Wimbledon. If you like music, though, you can listen and also have beautiful music between. Hey, Mr. Churchill. So this week, we have a little bit of a Blue Monday New Order. Uh, we have some uh, Posh Girl mu- music, some Toad music, some more Elton John, Peter Sandstadt. We have some Gangster Raps and Crash Test Dummies, some John Lennon, some Tennis. Oh, so much, so much music to enjoy between my meanderings and utterings. Coming up next, we do have a poem. So it's Veterans Day, Armistice Day, uh, 11th day, the 11th month, the 11th hour. And for all of the veterans who fought in all the wars, it makes me think also of my grandfather, Frank, who fought in World War II as a sergeant major in the Grenadier Guards. And I was reminded of a story... As I entered his house, the farm opened up the door. I could see hanging on the wall these huge horns, almost like an Aberdeen Angus horns hanging from the wall where he used to hang his keys and coats and everything else. Huge horns of an Aberdeen Angus or some other large horn cow. 
And he said that a bull chased him when on the battlefield. And he ran across the battlefield and slung himself up a tree to escape this charging bull. And he managed, somehow being up the tree, to kill this bull, drag the carcass back, and put these horns upon the mantle at the farm. Of course, he was talking a load of nonsense, but um, it reminds me on this day when people who fought to keep the freedom, it reminds me of my granddad Frank and uh, all the good times that I spent with him over the years. All the nonsense, all the laughter, and with a little bit of dash of profanity. But we have a poem that reminds us of the game, Christmas Day 1914 by Ian McMillan. It's so cold, the lines of the poem are sinking into the unforgiving mud, no clean sheet. Dawn on a perishing day, the weapons freeze in the hands of the flat back four. The moon hangs in the air like a ball, skied by a shivering keeper. All these boys want to do today is shoot and defend and attack. Light on a half-raised wave, the trench faces lifted till you see their breath. The ball flies into the air like the moon, kicked through the morning mist all these boys want to have today is a generous amount of extra time. No strict formations here this morning, no 442 or 451. No rules really, just a kickabout with nothing to be won, expect respect. We all showed pictures. I learned his baby's name. Now the clear lines of the poem and let's get on with the game. No white penalty spot this morning. The players are all unknown. You can see them in the graveyards in teams of forgotten stone. The nets were made of tangled wire. No man's land is the pitch. A flare floodlights in the moment between the dugouts and ditch. A hundred winters ago, sky open to the sunshine of the sun, shining on these teams of players in the sounds of this innocent game. All these boys want to hear today is the final whistle. Let them walk away. It has been so cold, the lines of these poems will be found, written in the unforgotten mud like a team sheet. Remember them. Read them again. Again, thank you, or maybe commiserations for listening to the show today. I'll be back before the close of the weekend with another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Until next time, cheerio. Analyst for a second, does it feel like a red wave? It feels like a red wave, Brian. You know, your predictions of a red wave are accurate. Somebody made a surfboard, said the red wave is coming. rising that red wave that i'm convinced is coming the reports i'm seeing show a big red wave coming there's a lot of energy on the ground you probably hear the rally in the background right now we think we're going to have a big red wave in michigan wow democrats are bracing for the worst case scenario a red tsunami we are officially on a red tsunami watch Sean, we're going to see a red tsunami. Red tsunami grows. That means red tsunami. And we're not just going to see a red wave. We're going to see a red tsunami. Poverty, joblessness, critical race theory, crazy gender ideology in our schools. We are going to see a red tsunami. Lastly, your prediction for tonight. I think we're going to have a red wave. I think it's going to be maybe bigger than anyone thought. On Tuesday, we will be part of a big red wave that says enough is enough.
Hello. Ding dong, you're not wrong.